Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Welcome to the show. Glad you're joining me today. And we are talking on fear all this week. We talked about happiness the last two weeks and what steals our happiness from us. And fear was one of the big ones. And we talked on Friday about having that personal value system that really helps us to increase our happiness. It focuses us, gives us direction. And so we asked lots of questions like, what do, what's true about you? Because this is one of the things when it comes to risk-taking. We do need to know our limitations, but we do need to press, really press those boundaries so that we are actually challenging ourselves And going out as far as we can, just as Jesus lived his life fully and completely. And so we thought, you know, what do you want to be known for? Do you want to be known as someone that is adventurous, is exciting, takes healthy risks, you know, that has lots of experiences that they can talk about, that they can encourage people with? What, what, what also makes your vision come alive? So see, when we have vision and dreams, they'll never be achieved if we don't take risks. Now that means healthy risks. It means that we kind of have a plan. So when we're thinking about risk-taking, we also looked at one of those, those pieces of the value system is what do you want more of in your life? What do you want more of? And are you compromising because you're afraid to fail? So we really left off thinking about this, this whole idea of healthy risk-taking. And that we need to get past the fear and step out of our comfortable, cautious lives. So how do we do that? Well, it begins with understanding that God is not shocked or surprised by anything. He's already made provision for your mistakes. He's already made provision for your successes. So we talked a lot yesterday about many of the great personalities in the Bible and how willing they often were to take risks. But sometimes it took them a while. And we talked about Jonah. He's probably the best example of a very frightened man. He did not like stepping out of the box, nor did he like taking risks. And he fought God hand and fist and complained the entire time and was resentful because he hated the Ninevites. So we need to shake off that old life fully and live in present time where God has made a way for us to be restored each and every day. See, the added bonus of living fully in the present and taking power 
away from the reminders of our sin is that it is great. See, the enemy is in your face. And when we boldly face our sin and recognize that God already knew it was coming, and he's not letting that get in the way of our calling, we're the ones that do that. See, when we choose to dwell on what God has forgiven, it's a massive reminder to Satan that he's so defeated. So we make really, really smart risks. That's what we take. And we want to make sure that we are truly living a life that expresses who we are. This is what makes life fun. This is what makes life so meaningful and purposeful. When you're being that authentic person, and you're not listening to the naysayers. You're not listening to the enemy of your soul. You're not listening to your past. You're not dwelling on mistakes other than to simply learn from them. See, it's nice to make a mistake and go, okay, well, that didn't work. Check it off the list. Don't, you don't have to do it again. So we resolve our past. We let the shame of whatever the failure was, whatever the mistake was, we let that die and stay dead in the past. Think of how many failures Thomas Edison had. He was laughed at. We have so many inventors that have, that have been in the world that we are so thankful they took risks and so thankful that they learned from their mistakes and didn't quit, like the Wright brothers. We're very thankful we have airplanes, right? All the different great doctors who have taken risks and figured out how to truly save people's lives and not give up. This is one of the ways we found antibiotics was through a mistake. So we really need to resolve the past so that the past is not in our present affecting and stealing from our future. But conversely, I also need to not live in my past successes. Do you know people that their greatest successes in life were in high school? They've never gotten over it. They've never moved on. They've never grown up all the way and become who God has really called them to be. Or that they can't get over whatever the, the job loss was or if they were fired unnecessarily. And so they harbor resentment and offense. So we have to look at our life experiences as lessons, simply lessons. We want to be wise people that learn, not fools that continue to repeat the folly. Now, it may take a long time to really learn and to really become a person of more wisdom. Sometimes we repeat, we have an ongoing sin that just doesn't seem to want to be overcome. And we may get tired and weary and think, hey, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to be a failure in this area. So what I want to really exhort you on when it comes to that is if you're feeling like that, if you're feeling like, you know, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried, I cannot overcome this. 
All I want you to do is to not do either or. I want you to recognize that God has a plan and some besetting sins that are repetitive are very difficult to get over and he knows how hard it is. So he's got a plan. So don't think that just because you have a repetitive sin that you can't pursue vision at the same time. The only way the two really negatively affect each other is if we are living in shame. So if you've had a big mistake, let's say you had a, a DUI. What if you really harmed someone? Let's say you failed in a relationship because of infidelity and lost your family. What if it was public? Here's the thing. We have to get over it. We have to get past it. We forgive. We make reparations. We do whatever we can to fix whatever happened, whatever we did. And we keep moving on living life. This is, this is why the story of Judas is so powerful. He could not get over himself. He couldn't. He was so angry, so jealous that he truly, he stole the silver, he left, he ended up hanging himself. And one of the last things that he did was he went and threw the money at the temple steps on a Sabbath, which was the most disrespectful thing he could do. So he cut his nose off to spite his face. He was still mad. And I tell people, you know, nobody names their kid Judas. Nobody. So he could not get over himself. But when we contrast that with Peter, Peter got over himself. He got over himself and became one of the greatest disciples of all time. So God has made a way for each and every one of us to be restored every day. We need to shake off the old life, live it fully in the present where God is, and let the restoration process occur. And let him work on that ongoing sin. You have to remember that Judas was with him the entire time and Jesus knew he was stealing. But he still used him. He still let him be in his presence. He still called him one of his disciples. Because he was wanting to help Judas with that character issue. He didn't wait for him to have a perfect character before he used him. So we choose to dwell on what God has forgiven. We remember and we learn. We never use hindsight for self-abuse. It's only intended to see where we were as it is related to where we are going. I'm going to say that one more time. We never use hindsight for self-abuse. It is only intended to see where we were and how it is related to where we are going. What do I need to do to close that out so that it is truly in the past? We need our memories to remind us of either who we are not or who we are. Not to beat ourselves up. I have some mistakes I have made in my life 
And I am able to look at it and say, okay, that is not me. That's not truly me. I did it. I have the potential for it. I could do it again if I'm not careful. But that's not truly me. And then I have things that I have done that I go, now this is really me. This is truly me. So my actions either reveal who I am not or they reveal who I am. Because if people have amnesia, dementia, Alzheimer's, many times relationship with them is near impossible because they don't know who they are anymore. And they keep living in the past. And they're confused about the present. And they're afraid of the future. So when we are reviewing our past, we must resist judgment and condemnation. It's so easy to do. And in fact, it's weird. I'm sure you can relate to this. It kind of feels better. If I beat myself up, somehow I feel like if I punish myself enough, then I might be able to get over myself. But if that worked, that's what God would do. That's a lot of what the Old Testament was about, and it didn't change very many people. It was the love of Jesus that changed Peter. Changed so many people. So we resist judgment and condemnation, and I'm, I'm going to be very clear with you on this. This is one, one of the most powerful insights God gave me about judgment. And he said, Cynthia, you're allowed to judge your behaviors. But you are not allowed to judge you. I'm the judge. I'm the judge. I'm the great high priest. I'm the king. I'm the judge. Don't usurp my authority. I decide how to handle you. So I can judge my behaviors as to whether or not they reflect me, whether or not they're integrous, whether they are are life-giving to people, whether they are wise. I can judge the behaviors and say, you know, that's, that's probably not wise. But I'm never allowed to judge me and hate me. So we resist it. Because we know that this is what God says to us in Romans 8, 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus because he knows it doesn't work condemnation and judgment of who you are only leads to more sin because it's so painful so depressing so stealing of life force this is why the enemy loves it so there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus he paid the price for our ability to learn and grow without being in debt. That's one of the most beautiful thoughts I've ever had. That he paid the price for my ability to learn because humans only learn by making mistakes a lot of times. He paid the price so that I was allowed to learn without going into debt for my sin. See, I'm not going to go to heaven in the first, I don't know, 2,000, 3,000 million years I'm having to pay back the debt of all my sin. I'm free. The debt is paid. Every human on the planet is spiritually bankrupt. 
and God writes it off. He's a, he's a multi-billionaire when it comes to mercy, grace, love, forgiveness, understanding, patience. So please hear me when I say that the price was paid so you can learn. It's kind of like if your parents paid for you to go to college and then they didn't ask you to pay them back for the education. They paid the price for you to be able to learn. And they're not condemning you for the fact that you may have made some mistakes in college. And they're not making you pay them back. That's what, it would, that's what it's like with God. Or it's similar to your parents paying for car insurance while you're learning to drive. They want to make sure they have insurance because they know you make mistakes. There's no other way to learn. God is aware of this and has made provision. And I'm always comforted by the fact that he has already provided for the mistakes I'm going to make. See, living in freedom from the debt of our sin does not mean we don't have to face consequences, right? It's part of the learning curve. It just comes with the package. So I must evaluate based on facts. So when I'm looking at my life, when I'm looking at my behaviors, I ask myself, well, did that work for me? Did driving drunk work for me? Did straying from my relationship, my marriage work for me? Was being too harsh on my kids, did it work for them? Did it work for me? Did it work for me to be immature, to gossip? Then ask yourself, do I want to repeat it? So if it worked, please repeat it. It's a wonderful new skill. But if it didn't work well, why would we repeat it? And then you want to ask yourself another thing. Okay, that behavior, that choice, do I want to integrate that behavior into my being? Does it match who God made me to be? So when I deal with people that have either character issues like arrogancy, uh, they gossip, they lie, they steal, they're jealous, they split relationships, families, organizations, I say to them, is this truly who you are? Does God make people that way? Why would he do that? Why would he make a bad person? So I say to myself, do I want to integrate that behavior into me? Does it match me? Or is it my fallen nature that I need to continue to conquer? So I use the reference points to tell me what not to do. If I know it doesn't work, then I recognize I might want to just check it off the list. If it's a repetitive issue, like drug abuse, addictions, gossip, these types of things, lying, then I need to learn the process of finding out what is causing the repetition of that bondage to that particular behavior or cycle. Many times that means professional help. Research things. Get over yourself. Recognize you're a sinner integrate into your life the desire 
to get rid of the things that don't match you. Satan wants me to get so caught up in how egregious the behaviors are, and then I feel so condemned and ashamed. I can't do any healthy problem solving because I feel like I can't tell anyone and I can't get any help because our pride, our embarrassment gets in the way and Satan counts on that. Every single person is a sinner. Every single person has a struggle and probably multiple struggles. That's why I have a job and I've been doing it for 28 years. And I am so proud of my clients that they are willing to humble themselves and work really hard and they want to be who God has called them to be. Because the bottom line, humans need to make mistakes as a way to learn. Go back to elementary school. How many times did you have to rewrite a a word while you were learning to spell? Or grammar? God is calling us to relax to live in the freedom to learn and grow and make mistakes without the fear of our souls being in jeopardy. He has already paid the price. There's nothing we can do in and of ourselves to settle that cost. Our only true offering to God is living our lives fully as Jesus did. And Jesus risked the most. Think about it. We were not a good gamble. (laughs) That was a high risk. He gambled with his life. But God knew before he even sent his son to earth, he knew they would reject him, despise him, and crucify him. Yet he risked, risked it all for us. Let me tell you, The biggest insult to God is not living. I know I don't want to be identified with the play it safe people who buried his, the play it safe person who buried his talent and was thrown into utter darkness. But that is exactly who we are when we settle for lives that are safe and risk free. God knows our human frailty. He has a high expectation of our human potential. When we partner with him, he knows we can't get there on our own. We need to see ourselves from God's perspective, please. Living our lives that are fully engaged in trusting in his provision. That's not an entitlement issue. That's not you being entitled. That's you being wise. Imagine if a child never asked for help because they didn't want to think that they were acting in entitlement. We need to take steps every day to use the talents and resources he entrusted us with to further his kingdom. We need to reach out to the world around us with a full measure of his love. So go out on a limb. Take that step of faith God's been calling you to take. Take courage. Even if you do little pieces at a time, break it up into the smallest pieces you can. Pray for opportunities to stretch yourself so that God can work through you and with you. And above all else, above all else, live your life fully with passion, courage, sometimes abandon. Just go for it. 
This is an offering of love and thankfulness to the God who risked it all for you. You were worth the risk. Honor God by risking. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.